The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, give ear to our prayers. Enlighten the darkness of our hearts by your gracious visitation. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring shall be known among the nations and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them. That they are an offspring the Lord has blessed, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My my soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, And as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all nations. This is the word of our Lord. Our psalm for this morning is Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, Then were we like those who dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad indeed. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses of the Negev. Those who sowed with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying the seed, will come again with joy, shouldering their sheaves. Here ends the reading. Our second reading for today is from 1 Thessalonians 
chapter 5. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. But test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. The word of the Lord. Our holy gospel comes from St. John, the first chapter. John writes, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. But among you stands one you do not know, even He who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the gospel of our Lord. Well, dear saints, you may recall the statement that when you witness repetition in our scriptures as well as in our liturgy and our lectionaries. Well, it is intentional. And it adds an extra significance to what is being proclaimed. Now, with that being said, does this gospel text to which I just read sound familiar to you? Well, it should, because it is almost identical to the text which was read last week from the gospel of Mark. And now we have it here, proclaimed from our gospel writer, John. 
there is an intentional significance being te- testified to here and witnessed to. And please note that key word, witness. A witness testifies to what they have seen and heard. They open their mouth and they tell the world the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. John the Baptist was sent to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He did this by baptizing and preaching, preparing the way for the coming of Jesus into the world. Now we, like John, also are called to bear witness to the light. This doesn't simply mean that we know Jesus and we can tell people about him. Yes, that is true, but that's not the main truth. Did you know that the reason the church worships on Sunday morning and not on Saturday as it did in the Old Testament is because Jesus is alive and he appeared to his disciples after his resurrection on that first day of the week on Sunday, the first day of God's new creation. In fact, Jesus appeared to them on two successive Sundays. The first being that of Easter morning to prove that he was alive and to commission them to take his good news out into all of the world. The second was specifically for the sake of doubting Thomas, who for some reason missed church that previous Sunday. It is this commission by Jesus to his disciples that is the foundation of all our Christian witness and mission, all discipleship, all following of Jesus. As the Father has sent me, Jesus tells his disciples in John 20, so I send you. It is in that sending which carries down to us today where we as Christians are commissioned to tell others to behold the Son. Like John, we are not worthy of this commission, not worthy to untie the strap of Jesus' sandals, but also like John, Christ makes us worthy, cleansing us in the waters of holy baptism, washing us clean from the corruption of our sins, and sending us out to do for others what Christ has done and is still doing for us. And that's why we're here every week, not to be entertained, not simply to scratch our own spiritual itches, but to continue to behold the Son in word and in sacrament so that by the forgiveness of our sins and the reception of the Holy Spirit, we may be sent out as disciples, as Jesus sent his disciples, to be lights shining brightly in a world darkened by sin and evil, suffering and death. This means that we must be willing to speak up against the darkness. However, much of the modern church today has fallen into the air of what 
in mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis describes for us as Christianity in water. That is the view which simply says that there is a good God in heaven and everything is all right. But leaving out all the difficult and terrible doctrines about sin and hell and the devil and the redemption. But if we are to be like John, who we will remember was martyred for daring to speak up against Herod's adulterous relationship with his brother's wife, then our witness must involve not only forgiving sins, but also retaining them. That is, declaring to those who persist in dehumanizing ways of going about their daily tasks and goals that they are in danger of calling down destruction upon themselves unless they repent. For Jesus, he is coming. And he comes specifically to judge the living and the dead. Therefore, we must be willing to speak before that time, not only about the joy of the forgiveness of sins, but also about what happens to those who refuse it. In this, it is important to remember that John 3.16, yes, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life is preceded by verse 18, that whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Now before you object, I want to make it clear that this is not simply a matter of going about arrogantly judging and condemning people as the church has often been guilty of doing. No. But just as a doctor diagnoses a disease, not so that he can condemn the patient, but so that he can help and possibly cure them, so too our efforts to behold the Son involve sharing and bearing the pain in the darkness of this world so that the crucified love of God in Christ may bring healing upon the world at exactly that point. This also involves bearing the pain and darkness of our own brothers and sisters in faith. For if we cannot bear with each other, how shall we witness to the love of God and Jesus to those outside of the faith? This is what Christ is really working for, not for great heroes, but a corporate witness of love and forgiveness in the willingness to yield to one another and share one another's burdens. Of course, none of this is easy. Jesus said to his disciples that following him involves taking up the cross and that we should expect that suffering will be etched into the pattern of our life and work over and over again. We don't need to go looking for it. It will find us. 
if we are being faithful witnesses of Jesus. Indeed, this is the way of Christian witness. Being in Christ, in the Spirit, and at the place where others, our neighbors, are in pain. This is the Christ-like way of following Christ. Arms outstretched, holding on simultaneously to the pain of the other and to the love of God. Dear saints, as Christians, we live in the bright interval between Easter and that final great consummation. We are witnesses to the fact that because of the cross, what is to come is assured for all who believe. Until then, we are commissioned to be for the world what Jesus was for Israel, bringing God's redemptive love and forgiveness to those who sit in the darkness and the shadow of death. In this way, others too may behold the Son in us to the praise of his eternal glory. In the name of Jesus, amen.